one. Five-day winning streak in Jeopardy. Can this booze and the med market recover and make it six? Mixed bag of retail earnings. I went to Dick's Sporting Goods yesterday, but I didn't buy anything. Let's go over those retail earnings. Looking forward to 835. Scott Red Dog Redler is going to be joining us. The real Scott Redler. It's Tuesday. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, welcome, traders and investors. We're starting out in the red here, nine and three quarters handles. A little bit of a weak close yesterday, following through on the downside. The buck down again here, inching towards 103, down 11 cents. Bonds, 116, right on the kisser. That's up 6.30 seconds. Crude pulling back down 51 cents at 77.32. Gold up 11.90 at 19.92.20. Silver in the green by 8.6 cents. And Bitcoin backing off a little bit. Down $390 at $37,225. Let's bring in Triple D. And Triple D, I have to interrupt the show with some breaking news. Yeah. Premarketprep.com is hiring Sam Altman. <laughs> We're bringing it in. We're bringing him <laughs> in. Sam, welcome Sam to the team. Yeah. I don't know if Microsoft knows what the hell is going on. I'm so confused. And I think the market is very confused here too, because he tweets out yesterday, Money Mitch, I don't know if you have the tweet from Sante. Um, I had it in front of me. Let me just go find it here. So yesterday. Um, they talk about, you know, Santa and Adela uh, tweets out. He's super excited He's to have you join. This is to Sam. So Sam Altman tweets out. The mission continues. Santa tweets at him. I'm super excited to have you join as CEO of this new group, Sam, setting a new pace for innovation. We've learned a lot over the years about how to give founders and innovators space to build independent identities and cultures within Microsoft. And so, you know, he's talking about the hiring of Sam. Well, now yesterday on CNBC, he's like, well, it's up to Sam if Sam's going to stay op open AI or if he's going to come back. I mean, should he stay or should he go now? I mean, I, I don't know. I can't figure out if he's going here or going there. Santia Nadella doesn't know. Nobody knows. Sam doesn't know. So is he going to stay at open AI? Is he going to go to Microsoft? It's still all up in the air here, apparently. But I'm what I was, you know, ticked off about is, First, Sam kind of tweets out that, yeah, he's going to Microsoft. You know, he talks about this mission, you know, continuing with Microsoft. And Santia welcomes him to the team. And then all of a sudden, now he's not with Microsoft. So, I mean, figure it out, guys. Before you announce something, figure it out. All this stuff behind the scenes should really, you know, be... Somebody's saying that's the wrong account. It's not the wrong account. I read that right from Santia Nadella's tweet. So, not the wrong account. I mean, just figure it out. Before you announce, you know, where he's going or what he's doing, just figure it out. Confusing. That's they all bought the heck out of it yesterday up to a new all-time high, down 234 right now in the pre-market trading. I mean, you use that level. I mean, it went up seven bucks because they hired them, and now it's down two and a quarter because they're not hiring. Uh, that 367 level I gave uh, yesterday did not come into play except in the pre-market. So let's just see what, you know, the, that closing price at uh, 77.44. I mean, that's the big level until they figure things out. And then uh, Mark Benioff hops in and says, I'll hire everyone. Oh, yeah. yeah. I Bring mean Mitch into this conversation. <laughs> it's an interesting conversation because here's Benioff. You know, which, you know, he's going to just leech everyone. He's like, yeah, man, anybody who wants any of these open AI guys, Sam, you want to come over here? I'll give yeah, you the money, I, too. I, I got a call yesterday. I don't know, guys, if I'm going to be here tomorrow. I don't know. You know, <laughs> Betty, I hired be. Mitch now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I mean, here's here's Salesforce.com. They'll poach those guys. Salesforce oh, yeah. all over. We'll Betty, I like, day. yeah, man. 
Any of you open AI people that don't want to go to Microsoft, don't want to stay at open AI, come on over to Salesforce. He, he even well, offered this them is equity. a crazy movement happening though. Like, what if this starts happening at other companies? Is this gonna start poaching publicly? Poaching. This is exactly what goes on. You invested, anyways, right? You invested in the company. The open AI. What if you invested in that open AI? Exactly. What are you cool. thinking right now? Cool. You must be yeah, like they just did a, a a nice evaluation run, right? They raised money with uh, some venture capitalist funds at like eighty billion dollar evaluation. Um, Where is that valuation same. now? Yeah, exactly. Especially if that's they lose the all these open AI employees, so they got to figure out whether they're staying or going. We don't know yet. Sam apparently hasn't made up his mind, even though you know we he apparently tweeted yesterday that he did, so he's changing his mind. Figure it out, guys, and then let's move on from this saga. I know Mitch wants to move on from this saga. I'm with you, Mitch. We just Mitch want clarity, want you know, about this whole Microsoft saga. It's up, down, left, right, whether they're hiring Sam or if he's going to open AI. Or if, if he ends up going, I'll say this, if he ends up going to Benioff at Salesforce.com, Microsoft's going to get hammered. <laughs> and Salesforce going to blast off into the stratosphere. So... That that would be that would be the funniest you know thing at the end is we ended up going over to Salesforce, Benioff. I can't believe he tweet did he tweet that or he says it publicly. I yeah, come over here, man. <laughs> that guy. I got the 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 rug pull there. Sometimes so. then that's slimy thing to do, kind of. <laughs> I. Think I I mean, does he have an option here? I mean, he did get ousted by his own board. Would I go back? I would. No lie, I I'm sorry to say it. I would, but back. I'd give him the finger. Yeah, and I think <laughs> at that should. point, you know, maybe he's going back for his employees, or but anyways, he has not made his mind up, so we don't know if he's going back. If he's not going back, we don't know. But it's anyway, all about the money. Who's going to pay him the most money? And he's already got a lot of money. So I, I was looking at his net worth is seven hundred million yeah, or something. Yeah, but yeah, Think he, about he's going to be worth a lot of money. Somebody giving him a hell of a contract. Yeah, so yeah. Guy. Yeah, who knows? Someone else will throw their 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 hat in the ring too. You know, who Benioff's knows? there, man. He's yeah. there. Benioff yep. will offer him some money. <laughs> okay, what do we got for retail earnings, Mitch? You want to start with the good, the bad, or the ugly? Um, I don't know if there's much difference, but let's get to the action here. Zoom video communications. Let's start off with Zoom, right? Q3 EPS, a dollar twenty nine cents beats a dollar eight cent estimate. Sales of one point one four billion beat the one point one two billion estimate. They do see Q4 adjusted EPS above the estimates. Um, customer count was up five percent here. It's just not getting the love. Here. and and the bar was low right it wasn't like the bar was high here yeah it's this zoom it always it seems to do this it pops and then you know it drops and they just don't they continue to not they, they don't, don't like it again the one trick pony where is the growth coming from it had the pop i traded it into the report um sold a little did bit you hold see. that because I, I was trying to talk you into it did you hold I, it I did hold, i did have a little bit into the report okay um i sold into the report i sold into the pop i I, I, when it got to 71, I was like, are they going to turn this thing? And I actually crossed my mind to short it, but I did not short it. Um, it got right up to basically the expected move was six bucks. So it got wow. just above that, just above 71. And then they just pulled the rug. And you know, you're trying to figure out the reason for the rug. And they just, the guidance was fine. The earnings were fine. The expectations were relatively low. It's just the thing they do on Zoom. They pop it and they drop it. That's what they do to the stock. Yeah. And, uh, uh, was looking for some daily level. Did it go 71, 72, Dennis? Was that the spread when it, when it was moving up like that? Uh, well, uh, they were lifted off for 67, 68, 69, 70. Went really pretty fast up to 70, uh -huh. very quickly up to 70. And then it kind of like bounced a little bit. Ticked a little bit over the 71. And then I was yeah. thinking about the 72. It never got to the 72 because expected move would have been up around 72. And we know, obviously, we have CC on here. And, you know, he'd be all over. the. He always talks about the expected moves and where that's where stocks turn. And Zoom is notorious for turning. So I think next earnings report, you think about the same thing, the expected move. That's often where the stock decides to turn. All right. You just got to look at uh, the range from yesterday. Resistance um, closed almost on its high tick at uh, 66 even. 66.08 was the high. If you feel like you want to do a reset on this one, um, I'm gonna I'm not gonna include that pre-market action. Uh, but you come back 50% is 62, $63 area. If you if you feel like you want to own this on a pullback, but 
Maybe let the the, the, uh, dust settle for a couple days on Zoom. But uh, right to that daily high. That daily high was 71.38. And where were the high freaks at? Uh, 71.35. Missed it by three cents. Let's get into the retail earnings and the question of the day that I have. And I'd like to have uh, opinions also from the chat. So we'll talk about it as we get through these earnings. But who has the view of the consumer right or wrong, right? A lot of people on Wall Street still see a soft landing. But yet the majority of executives and CEOs are now coming out with a warning about a slowing down budget focused consumer in 2024. So will the consumer slow down? Will we go to recession? All things to talk about. Let's kick it right here with, uh, of course, uh, early Black Friday discounts. We're still far higher than October compared to prior years. We got that from Ryan Craver yesterday. He also mentioned how Black Friday sales were kind of being fronted a little bit earlier than usual. And that could actually lead to disappointing Black Friday numbers. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, let's get to Lowell's company. Uh, Q3 EPS, $3.06 down from $3.27 year over year. Sales at $20.47 billion down from $23.48 billion year over year. They expect fiscal year 23 comparable sales to be expected down approximately 5% compared to the negative 2 and negative 4% they expected earlier. So Lowell's company here not looking good. Um. Yeah, this is the guidance here. So the EPS beat on the estimates by 25 cents, but the revenue isn't wasn't great and they cut the guidance. So that's what you're talking about here. It's down eight bucks on that. I mean, again, you know, some of these stocks are priced reasonably. So uh, going back to your original question, I think the consumer does slow down. I think I think the, a lot of these companies are telling us the consumer is going to slow down. I mean, even think about the last earnings report here. The guidance wasn't even from the mega cap tech wasn't rip roared. Besides Nvidia, which we're going to get tomorrow, but from the previous quarter, which is three months ago, you know their their guidance was unbelievable. But you know, besides that, you know the mega cap like Apple's guidance wasn't great. Joel, the stock got nope. hit on it. Microsoft's guidance wasn't great. I mean, if we really read what the companies are telling us, they're telling us about a slowdown. Now, how big is the slowdown going to be? That's the question. But, you know, this market has fully forgotten about that. It's very blinders on, seasonality taking hold. And I do think there's green light go here on dips and tech until the end of the year. Like my setup, and, you know, we'll talk lows and get back to retail in a second. But my setup kind of is like, okay, we got like five weeks here, I think where we could see, you know, we're going to get out of earnings season. We're going to get a seasonality trade. I think it's going to drive the bus. I think you got four to five weeks where you could continue to see the NASDAQ make new highs. Um, but I think that trade reverses in January. I think you'll see a rug pull. So I think, you know, I think as a trader, you're long here right now with the short leash. But let's go to Lowe's, Joel. I let's mean, go to Lowe's. Warning. Retail mm. has not been great. Um, there's a few retailers, uh, Ryan Craver just tweeting at me off, you know, um, just talking about Burlington, obviously, um, having a, a pretty decent report. So there is some retailers still performing, but Lowe's mm -hmm. not great. And Home Depot wasn't great either, but they did buy that dip. So did they come in and buy the Lowe's dip, Joel? Uh, boom, boom, boom. You know what? When I look at the monthly chart, I think I owned a stock before the even the monthly chart, 14. So, but. Mm, I should have sold it a long time ago. But anyways, God, wow. They really whooped up on this thing. If you were waiting for 195, this is a gap fill here from the CPI Tuesday. You got that gap fill and you got a little bit of a bounce, uh, not a huge bounce. Uh, so if you're looking for more upside, you got to get above 197.24. And if you do go back down uh, to the pre-market and you take out that, uh, wow, I don't think you're going to take out the pre-market low. That's way down at 191.21. Yeah, so that they've already bought the dip. So uh, 195 will give you a shot at a gap fill, and then I think you just find you know quite you know buyers here you know under if if you do take out that 195, 194, 193 all the way down because it's a pretty big windfall if you've been short this thing. You took some heat uh, last week on the CPI report. Now it's coming in for you. Let's just look at Home Depot real quick. That's trading in the red two bucks. That has a wall at 310 in Home Depot. Lowe's is going to move. I mean, it, it's a mover and. I've seen it on days like this end up green. I don't think this is going to be one of those days, but just 
just be careful if you just sit and short this one. You think it's going to be an easy ride down to 190. Best Buy expects Q4 comparable sales to decline here 3% and 7%. They came in with EPS at $1.29, beating the $1.19 estimate. Sales of $9.76 billion misses the $9.91 billion estimate. And CEO Corey Berry saying here that she sees the retailer is ready for the holiday season, but prepared for a customer who is very deal-focused with promotions and deals for all budgets. Dun, dun, dun. Again, more evidence that the consumer is slowing. And there was somebody, I forget who was on CNBC yesterday, was making a good point too. And they were just saying, hard landing in 2024. He's like, the consumer is going to slow down. And he was citing that, you know, the, the recent jobs data, you know, ticking a little bit higher, but inflation coming in. He's like, why is inflation coming in? Inflation is coming in because they're bringing down the price of products because the consumer demand is starting to go down. He's like, that's the only reason that inflation ever comes down is when consumer demand starts to fall because customer companies are going to charge as much as they want. So when you're actually seeing inflation coming in, he said from like the 9% to 3%, it's because consumer demand is softening. So he's starting, you're starting to see it. Um, again, again, I'm going to say, I think we still are not going to get a heck of a lot more earnings reports here. And we've been forgiven this earnings season, maybe because a lot of these companies started reporting when, when we're at the October lows and expect, expectations were just so low. I don't know if we're going to be forgiven next year, though. So um, again, I think we've got, we're buying dips on stocks here because I think the timing as a trader is okay. I think as a long-term investor, I'm still riding out mostly cash because I think 2024 is going to be a rough year for stocks. Uh, let's call it Technical Tuesday here on uh, Pre-Market Prep. Best Buy took the dip, and look at that. You had a gap fill at 64. That stands at the current low, but you're really not getting away from it yet. So we'll keep an eye on 64. Uh, was over 68 yesterday. Low of the move comes in. There's another. There's actually a gap fill at 64, and then there's a daily low at 63.39. So that look at that area as support. Uh, ways to go to get to the bottom of yesterday's range. I don't know if we're going to see that in a down market, but that'll be a good level moving forward too, because you had two daily lows right at the 67.50 area. So if you're playing this for like a intermediate play or a short term play, uh, that's going to be good resistance on a rebound for Best Buy. Kohl's Q3 EPS at 53 cents may not be comparable to the 33 cent estimate, but sales at 3.84 billion missed the 4.11 billion estimate. They expect fiscal year 23 sales decline of 2.8% to 4% versus a prior expectation of 2 to 4%. Uh, comparable sales declined in Q3 here 5.5% as Kohl's gets a little bit of a pullback here. Seventh straight drop, seventh straight quarter drop in comparable sales. I mean, the trend is definitely not your friend here. Again, maybe it's gotten to a point where it's just so cheap, though, that they don't care at this point in time. We're rah, rah, bull, technicals, you know, matter here. And, you know, we've ripped word higher and we have caught shorts on this thing. So, you know, I just don't think it's fallen 10, 15, 20% on this anymore. Because, again, we're just in a different market here at this time. Next year, I think it even gets worse for Kohl's. So this is not one that's going into my long-term investment portfolio. But would I buy the dip on this thing? Not on day one. I just, like, I, it's hard to come in and just buy these, you know, on these crappy reports. And, you know, lows is not good. When you're lowering guidance, it's just, you know, sometimes it's They're just telling you bad. They're giving away. you bad news. I mean, they're telling you. They're telling you. So not, many companies, Joel. Not to I buy mean, the this stock. earnings season. I want to go back to this whole earnings season. We can say, what an earnings season? It was so good. It wasn't good. It wasn't a good earnings season. Expectations were just very low coming into the majority low of the earnings season. The low bar. I mean, we started this earnings season, you know, obviously October, we kept getting down and lower and lower, you know, but a lot of companies did not have great guidance. None of these retailers are having great guidance. There's a few, Burlington, maybe it's a trade down effect. It's cheaper. You know, you go to mm -hmm. those discount retailers, but the guidance hasn't been great. Just goes to show you. Go ahead, uh, Mitch. Yeah, it just goes to show you how the tech trade is just lifting all tides, right? I mean, it, it is. It, it's incredible, but it is, right? I mean, at the end of the day, the, the queues are almost near what? All 
we're close to all time highs. We're gonna start pushing, aren't they? Did we hit all time highs, Joel? Yet or not quite? Uh, Not not quite. Not quite. We're not there. Yeah, we're not back to 2021 price. <laughs> so we're close, four, oh, 408 was the all-time high on the queues. We're 390, so he's still about 5% away from all-time highs on the queues. Again, I know everybody likes to say, what a bull market, what a rip-roaring bull market. It's pretty good for tech in 2023. 2022 was yeah. a disaster, though. And we're still two years since we've made a new high. So, I mean, but we can't argue it. You know, it's been really strong for tech. It's been, everything's come back. If you had any tech stocks, the majority, obviously not these little Cathy stocks, but, you know, the mega caps all have come back. It's been a pretty good year for tech. 2023, fantastic year for tech. Uh, a gap, haven't got there yet, but you get a gap fill at 23 bucks. So it has not uh, reached that level yet. And then it's just, if, if they want to press it beyond 23, then you just got to look at this bar here. And it had a low at 21.50 that day, settled at 22.67. I don't know. Let's see. Let's get the gap fill, see if it bounces 50% uh, of a move on this one. But Colts has just got to just keep, they got to stop giving stuff away. I mean, it's That's like the only way the, they can get rid of the I stuff. I don't know what they're doing. They're like Cole's cash and a Cole's card and a Cole. And I'm like, you know, and they keep the people at the register like, oh, I got it's this. The next uh, you know. uh, triple B Y, right? I yeah, mean, they're like, oh, here's like your key. But they've been doing it for years. I mean, like, oh yeah, well, this is fifty now. Years. It's forty, but here's a here's a ten percent coupon. Now you pay thirty, and I'm like. Okay. I, I think the only reason they're able to do that, Joel, is that they keep their margins on each product, like, let's say, probably 70, 80%. Yeah, so they're know, like, yeah, we'll man. give 30% away, right? We'll still make 30%. But the margins are decreasing. And I think at the in the long run, you'll see all these stores probably go to smaller and smaller size, right? I, I don't think anybody's thinking that these stores can stay that big and keep losing oh, money. Yeah. Because the yeah. truth is, I mean, the writing's on the wall if they continue we've, at this business model. They need to change we, it. We've had a massive, massive short squeeze in Macy's, Kohl's. Nordstrom has squeezed. Nordstrom, I believe, reports tonight. Yes, tonight. We've squeezed a bit there, too. This is what this is. This is a short squeeze. And the short squeeze can continue. And that's why it's hard to like look at Macy's and say, well, we're going right back down to 13, 12, and 11. The report from Macy's wasn't great either. But, no. you know, they ripped it higher. They're ripping the face off the shorts here. That's what they're into right now. So, I mean, on a pullback here on Kohl's, there are people who are short this stock saying, thank you very much for reporting the expected disappointing quarter I'm covering. So, I, I, it's why we're in such a tough market for bears here right now that it's hard to come in here and say, sell this thing down 5%. So, I think it's just bulls are in control. I think they're buying dips across the board. In the prior quarter, of course, we had a surprise from Dix. They were talking a lot about, of course, retail theft and how they were blaming it on that. They blamed 23% drops in profits in the last quarter on thefts and markdowns. They didn't mention too much about it this quarter. I think that's something to take a look in. Other retailers also doing the same. Uh, They came in with their EPS $2.85 up from $2.60 year over year. Sales at $3.04 billion up from uh, $2.96 billion year over year. They raised 23 comparable store sales outlook to positive 0.5% to positive 2% now and up from flat to positive 2% previously. They also raised full year adjusted EPS guidance. Not looking too bad here in Dix. They said that they had a strong back to school sales and that definitely helped the quarter. And they got hammered last quarter, so expectations were probably a bit lower after the stock went from 150 down like 115. <laughs> now you're getting back up into this gap area, gapping into a gap. Those are always fun, Joel. I'm going to throw the technicals at you when yeah, you're gapping into thank a you. gap. Yeah. <laughs> Good <laughs> luck. Go. This is, uh, yeah, this is interesting. Uh, 132 is your pre market high, so that's the only number I can give you on the upside. I'll just go with this uh, 30-minute bar here for your shorter-term traders could drill in on that. 127.50 will make that a half a star support. That doesn't even deserve a star because in such no man's land. But I, I what do you do? What I guess I this is the only thing I could do for you folks. And the 50% is 126. So build a base holding 126 and Go and try and fill the gap or maybe fill the gap on the downside here at 120. 
Uh, I'd say it's a lot more likely to come down and fill the gap on the downside than it is to go up and fill that gap at 146. Uh, Spinner's identified this, and we've talked about this on the show here too. What we are seeing in the last, you know, week or so, especially in retailer, has been the leaders to laggards, laggards to leaders theme. Target and Walmart started that off. Target's oh. report and Walmart report were kind of similar, but the expectations high for Walmart, low for Target. Target gas way up, Walmart gas way down. This is a repeat of that day where you're actually seeing, you know, some of these laggards. And again, Dix, you know, it had a pretty good report. But look at what has happened to AEO and ANF this morning here. AEO just reported earnings. We were waiting for them off the hop. It is getting hammered. This report was actually not that bad, but they find reasons. So here, here, you know, they top earnings. Give, give us the numbers here, Mitch, if you have them. And then I'll, I'll give my detail, my rundown. Yeah, I AEO. have estimates. Um, all right, let's go American Eagle first. Uh, EPS yeah. outlook was 49 cents. The estimate was 48 cents. So they were able to beat there by a penny. Uh, yeah. Revenues came in at 1.3 versus 1.28. So they were able to beat, beat, beat. there. Um, and then we go to Abercrombie, adjusted EPS there at 183, up from a penny year over year. Uh, sales at 1.06 billion, up from 880.08 million year over year. Um, and I mean, these stocks have been riding high, right? I this mean, is the problem. It's all high. about the bar. So Abercrombie actually beat this quarter's EPS by 68 cents, and they actually lift their, their guidance, their net sales guidance, and AEO <laughs> lifts their guidance as well. So you get Abercrombie and Fish and AEO both raise guidance, maybe not super high, but they both raise guidance, and both stocks are getting killed. It's just about the bar, folks. I mean, it's just dumb. That's what this market has come to. It's simplistic. And when the stock has run from $40 A&F, to $72 since last quarter in literally three months, the bar is super, super high. AEO, same story, running from, and maybe the gap did this too, because gap expectations were lower, and we know the gap came out and just slightly beat and raised, and then they just can't stop buying it. But AEO, um, $14 to $20 ahead of the report. Bam, they hammer it right back down. Does the dip get bought? Maybe, but the Walmart dip hasn't got bought yet. So it's, it's no, a not funny yet. market no. here. It's a funny market. Walmart dip has not get, gotten bought at all yet here. So here you have two companies that had pretty darn good quarters, two companies that both raise guidance and both getting hit. And you're like scratching your head. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it does when you consider the bar. And that's what it is. And what I mean by the bar is just expectations were just too dang high for both of these companies. Uh, you know what? You know who started this trend a while ago? Beat, beat, raise, and get absolutely annihilated in the retail Ooh. sector. Do you guys remember? No. Goldfish I'm going to pull it up for you. Crocs. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, last quarter. Crocs was good. The yeah. earnings were fine. It's coming beat. back now because it's all of a sudden become a laggard. <laughs> <laughs> What's the Crocs report? Or just reported. It just reported. Yeah, it started moving a, on uh, the on-on report. So when on on came out, that's when Crocs started getting the lift. Also, Nike started getting the lift too. So I've been keeping yeah. an eye on those. Nike's just been hanging out here too. So um, I'm watching all these names. I mean, just look at the XRT. The XRT has been good. I sold it already on the rip, but it's back there towards where I sold it around the 64. Um, now it's at 63.64, but this morning was a little bit higher. Um, I mean, this is just that seasonality trade, right? I mean, a lot of people are looking for that seasonality trade. Look at that monthly support in that thing, and it cannot get away from it. You know, you got all those rocks. No, I'm going XRT here. Uh, just the uh -oh. XRT. It's yeah. just just hanging, you know, over a hundred bucks. Uh, the Crocs. I mean, you know, it's on it's on the rebound here, up uh, sixty seven. This has got a long ways to go to get back. Uh, Here's a company that just continues to fire on all cylinders, though. I mean, it's the I holes. Know. You, you, you know, you joke and you think, oh yeah, they put a bunch of holes in some sandals and you know made them rubber, and you know this is the thing. But I mean, people like those. I have a pair too, so I mean, they're comfortable. And the valuation on this thing is just very reasonable. Um, I think on pullbacks, I'd rather own a Crocs than a lot of these other companies here. And they're trying to do other things as well. I mean, the forward P on this puppy is seven. So, I mean, again, the wow. retailers are all trading with lower PEs. The reason for that is that they expect the consumer to slow down. 
And that's the one thing, you know, just because we get a recession in 2024, it doesn't necessarily mean a lot of these retailers are going to continue to just get crushed because some of them are priced for a recession. I would argue that Crocs is priced for a recession when it's trading seven times earnings. So I think on pullbacks here, I'd actually look at Crocs, not Kohl's because they haven't figured it out. But Crocs is a company that just continues to beat, continues to work well. They're working on other things, too. They're putting holes in other uh, things, apparently. Um, so they're not just the one. The I've one. actually seen some pairs. Like I used to always make, I always thought they were like the rubber shoes with the holes in them. I've actually, was, I don't know where I was at, but I saw a Croc store and I'm like, wow, those, those you know, those shoes look, uh, those shoes look halfway decent, but um, they're kind of fun. My kids have pairs. I mean, everybody, it's, it's fairly it, cheap man. too. Tava, right, I'm a guy. Like they aren't expensive. You go in there, and I'm looking online right now. You know, there's sixty bucks for a pair of Crocs. Still. I don't know. Eight, I just well, wear slides, man. I just wear slides, but I don't know. People like shoes with holes in them, I guess. They do. Uh, everyone says they're comfortable. I, they're kind of other products, man. aren't they? Yeah, I mean, they've always had other products, right? They're not. They're going to just... start promoting other products heavier. I, yeah. I, I saw Camilo, Chris Camilo, talking about it. That's where I was picking it up. Chris is always oh, good to follow on the trends. We've had Chris on the show a number of times. Yeah, they were, they were pitching AI. We love those AI. guys at Dumb Money. They, they're good at they were, figuring out the trends. The they were pitching AI trend. stocks. Um, I, I, I don't know about pitching AI stocks here. A little late to the game, but uh, Dumb Money is uh, always interesting. Watch if you guys don't watch uh, I'm them, still pitching AI it stocks. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. that it continues. I think the AI is the internet. So, I mean, on pullbacks here, that look what I just, I bought NVIDIA, SMCI, um, I held on to my Unity for the most part. Just I was selling some stocks in the rest, but I'm holding on to that just because I think it's going to be a big part. Ooh, of this guy get over 30. I mean, I started looking at my portfolio, and I'm trying to slowly build an AI portfolio for this next big bull market. Valuations are crazy, and they have run. I think you got to wait for dips at this point in time. But, I mean, that I think still pitching AI is not a bad call. I think AI is going to lead us out of here. Burlington stores, Q3 adjusted EPS at $1.10, up from $0.43 cent year over year. Sales at $2.29 billion, up from $2.04 year over year. They did maintain previously issued Q4 guidance. Uh, total sales to increase 5 to 7%. Comparable store sales to be in the range of 2 to flat. And adjusted EPS excluding the expenses of $3.10 to $3.25. I still remember when I tried to short this stock at the top and it the next day it didn't even give good earnings and it spiked and it just stopped me out and then it went down the whole time. Uh, this is going to be definitely one that uh, has screwed me in the past, Burlington. This stock was trading up significantly on the report last night and sometimes you just feel like they just know it. There was a nonstop buyer, Joel, ahead of the damn thing. One, they couldn't stop buying 140, 141, 144. This was all ahead of the report. It was up seven bucks, eight bucks. And I was like, I thought about shorting it ahead of the report because it was giving me such a nice lead. Like, I love a six, seven point lead ahead of the report. But then they were just so aggressive. I'm like, I don't know, man. And then off, off, and to Ryan Craver's point here, maybe it was just, you know, somebody who's just reading you after the TJX report. Ryan just tweeted at me off price continues to perform well, and it does. Burlington off price, TJX off price i mean those are the retailers that continue to perform ryan's absolutely right um and you know burlington same category uh nice confluence here with the pre-market high uh pre-market high comes in at 152.50 uh you have a daily high right there at 152.54 so that's what the bulls after that it opens up another three bucks here to 155 but uh Man, I think this is probably way over the expected move for this one. But as we know, these things, when things get going in one direction, but yeah. 152.50 was your target. Mm, you might want to be out there if it gets back up there again. Where there is support in this stock, I have absolutely no idea. That's how it is with Burlington. It's the it's one of the hardest. I shake my head with it sometimes because every time I've been to a Burlington, it's like a straight ghost town. I've never seen that store busy. But oh, yet, I see uh, them busy I mean, all the time. When I but I haven't been there. Maybe I don't it's know. Maybe it's in Canada. You know, Burlington isn't in Canada. I don't believe. But um, when I used to go there, they were always mob scenes. Maybe, maybe again, I'm in the D. I don't know. Like I mean, but, but I'd I always go to it in Detroit. They're always busy. You get yeah, good deals in, the in there. Like maybe I bought it's in my the cold. coat. I. Sorry, Mitch. What are we saying? 
that maybe it's in the cold states like like up north that they're they're busy because at least in uh, where I'm at, I, I always see them. Pretty well, I've been cold in that Burlington day. stores. Um, you know, I used to go over there in Detroit, cause obviously Windsor. Um, I used to go over there, I don't know, once every few months. And whenever I went to Burlington, the kids liked to go in there because I always joked they could trash the place because it was already trash. The lines in there, it was busy, so busy. And everybody's buying stuff because it's cheap. I did buy my coat there. It's been a pretty good coat. I bought like seven, eight years ago my uh, dress coat and it was 80 bucks. I mean, stuff is like dirt cheap there. So I think as you go into a recession, I do think this store continues to outperform because people are looking for deals. There are deals in Burlington Co-Factory. I still call it Burlington Co-Factory, even though they renamed themselves Burlington Stores. All right, guys, let's get to our guest. And uh, he's going to be having a special two-day pass if you guys want to keep up with him. Highlighted by, of course, NVIDIA's earnings tonight. You guys don't want to miss it. It's time to get to our T3 Tuesday. Let's get to the action. All right. I just want to make sure that this is the real Scott Radler. <laughs> because it's not the faking. Is this the one of those fake Twitter accounts? Scott Redler is here. Yeah, He's yeah. AI. This is actually AI Scott Redler, and it's really probably some fake Scott Redler here because. We know the real Scott Redler has like a hundred fake accounts for him, so you have to be really careful with them. <laughs> How I'll many fake you, accounts is, do you have? It is crazy. Like every time I tweet, there's like seven bots attached to each tweet telling <laughs> everyone to look at this person that they turned ten thousand into two million dollars. You think that's realistic? <laughs> like, like really? I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad if it was, but I mean, uh, unfortunately, that's not the way it works, right? No, it's if it's day in day out, hit singles, hit singles every now and then you get a double, and uh, if you could steal a base on third, <laughs> the more power to you. But the bottom line is, every time I think people on Twitter know, like, they, like, oh, this guy changed my life. I sent him ten grand, and now it's, it's <laughs> in an hour. If you believe that? I mean, <laughs> that's half the accounts. Like, it, it's gotten worse, hasn't it, Scott? Since Elon Musk took over, I feel like it's gotten way worse. I do. I think because they have less employees and he's just so scattered and there's so many businesses to run that, you know, it's just not it's not getting the attention it deserves. But at this point, who cares? It's 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 Twitter. Um, I've actually tried to get a little bit more active on Instagram. And if my T3 live team would wake up, I got to get on TikTok. No, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, Scott. Give me a call. We'll set that up. Scott, let's get to the state of the markets. I was not here last week uh, when you came on and I, I was told that, uh, that you were bullish leading into the CPI report. We've had a nice move. We had a little bit of consolidation and now just another move higher five day winning streak. Uh, give us the state of the rally in your opinion. Well, this rally has been going on now for almost three to four weeks. It's funny how like last week when I was on, you know, the, the networks are finally like, is this for real? You know, are we going higher? It's like, well, we've just been going higher for two, three weeks. You should say, can this continue? How do you responsibly approach it? How do you stay in it with a risk defined way where you're able to keep your swing trades, use your tier size. And if you're going to put hedges on, don't do it too fast and don't let it take too much money away. And that's kind of what it felt like yesterday. You know, for me yesterday, I've been massaging six, seven longs, trying to rotate through them, stay involved. Some have been the mega cap tech names that if you remember we were talking about last week, I was in a lot of meta. I'm still in meta. Um, I've been picking and choosing spots for Apple, you know, and sometimes for, for Microsoft. And then we also, like you said before, I got pretty heavy into some, you know, IWM calls for the CPI. And that's also giving you ways to buy dips and trade around it. Um, but as of yesterday, the oscillator hit like plus 57, which makes it really hard for new buys. But it didn't make it seem like, you know, things were just short. So if you're at that point in the rally where it's a little bit of a pain type trade where you think about all the positions you had a week and a half ago and how much money you'd have in your P&L if you just closed your eyes or someone stole you. And then, you know, you also maybe try and hedge because you hear about all these people short and about the recession next year and, you know, you lose there. So it's at, you're at a point where it's like, just, just pick little spots, net a little bit of money, stay with the trade, try and stay in rhythm. I talk about a rhythm. For a trader, you need to be in a rhythm with the market. You need to kind of have your feel going. And it's very easy to be knocked off your rhythm where you get short too early, you sell too early, then you're doing the revenge game. And then all of a sudden, you miss a few days and you become really upset. And the last thing you want to do 
is be upset before Turkey Day. Turkey Day is coming up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's uh, let's move on. I mean, with the, talking about your positions here, so you, you parcel out, right? You have targets, and you try and hold that little piece. But talk about like your transition. I, I know as long as you've been in the market, you you play both sides of the market. I mean, right? I mean, market yeah. goes up, it goes down here. So. How, you know, just talk about that transition and what you'd be looking for. I don't know if you want to pick an individual stock or whatever, uh, but, you know, do you start putting hedges on before you're out of the long or do you get out of completely the long and then maybe start looking at the short side? Well, when we're in a, in a sequence, I call like we've been in for like three weeks where, you know, dips have been viable, the S&Ps above the eight day. What I like to do is I have multiple positions. I use a tier system. And then whenever we get overbought, I used to short the spies as a hedge versus my six, seven longs. And, you know, kind of at point, it would take too much money away because you have six, seven longs. Sometimes one or two of your longs aren't going up that day. Another one's going up a little bit. And then the biggest thing out there is a spy is going up. So you're losing on your hedge and you're trying to be long responsibly. But meanwhile, you're losing money because you're overly hedged. So the way I've been doing it lately is it's not easy for everyone, but, um, I try and short premium higher. Like if the like, guess say the spy is at 452 ish, you know, and I'm in my positions, instead of shorting the spies, what I'll do is I'll short the 455 calls a few mm -hmm. days out saying, Hey, I wouldn't mind being short the spies at 455 if we get there. And if we don't get there, you know, then I keep that premium. And that's my hedge. So I'm making money there. And, you know, if we do get there, that means I'm making money in my longs along the way. So there are points of a sequence when we fill overbought. I try, I try and short some premium above with room, not in the money. And I don't mind getting converted there because I've gotten caught a few times where I've gotten converted short the spies. I've made money on my, my positions. And then usually, you know, you come back to that spot if you pick the spot well, and then you could trade out of it. And meanwhile, those hedges kept you in a lot of your longs mentally. Letting that premium, you know, exactly. Let it, so if it stays still, like after we had that move higher, we consolidated for four or five days. We went up a little bit, yeah, but yeah, yeah but it took it in. So the last, um, week I last week I double dipped. Last week, a lot of my positions were working on. I was in a lot of small caps. Yeah. Remember, I talked about being in Palatier, being in Square, being in the IWM. So I was making money there, and I shorted SPY premium higher, and they consolidated. So I was able to collect premium and make money long so it was the best of both worlds which don't get me wrong that doesn't happen a lot but every now and then if you do it right it works out pretty well let's go looking at opportunities either it could be sector or industry wide what are you looking at scott if you want to share your charts feel free also um but let's get into it what are you seeing out there oh really can i, I get to share my charts on this yeah, um, man. That, that's yeah, we, we've upgraded we since you were on last time. You Scott. go to present uh, right at the bottom. I'll walk I need, you through I need it. a little I need a little tutorial on that. But I got you. I got you. That's what I'm here for. Uh, press yeah. present at the bottom. You'll see a little plus sign right above it, and hit that, yeah. and then you'll get uh, three windows. You'll see shared screen. Hit that. You'll see entire screen. That's probably going to be the one you want to select, or a window specifically. Yeah, be top. careful just which one tabs. you select there. And then right. just let me know when you're ready and you selected your screen and I'll let you know. And right, let's we'll go bring it up let's go present. share screen. Let's Entire go. screen, probably the top top tab. And then oh. get to picking a screen. Fun part of being a trader, you know, you got like usually at least four screens. I, I don't know how many you got, screens. Scott. The way his eyes are going, I see <laughs> at least four there. All right, That's Scott, I see six. it there. You're, you're ready That's to get it up here? What do you see? Do you see that WM? Yep, yep, I see it right now. I'm gonna put nice. it on there. We go. There All we right. go. Nice, nice. Hey. I love this. You can keep you can teach an old dog a new trick. <laughs> um, <laughs> a red dog new tricks. There you go. So you see the IWM, right? Yep, I yep. got so, it up there. Uh, if you look at the IWM, you know, if you look at that big pro gap there, that happened on the CPI. So you know, into that, you know, you want to risk to find. So what I did is I took some options. I took the, I think the 171s, and I was still in the 175s on that last pullback. But thank goodness I gave it to this Friday, thinking that usually Thanksgiving historically is a stronger week. So I gave it some time. So I was able to make money back on those and buying the day before. So we hit a high of 181 there. And now um, I would think if if the spot, if the IWM is any good um, and we're going to get another move into the end of the year, I would think we could hold this 175. And if you're super active, like today, it's down about a point. 
what I would do is I would probably buy a little bit more versus that 177. So in order, in my mind, I'm framing the trade for the IWM to keep commitment to maybe get higher prices into the end of the week. And next week, we need to hold this 175 to 177 area. So that's a thought right now as I continue to massage that trade. If you go to the spies, which I'm going to put the spies up, if you look there, yesterday was a classic bull flag breakout where, like you said, um, Joel, we went sideways for a bunch of days. Then we took out 451.38 and we wound up hitting 455.12. So that could have been a great day trade if you don't take overnights or a great add to a trade if you have swings. And when it took out this 452, that's when I started selling the 455s, thinking that we're not going to get above 459 unless NVIDIA is awesome and drives <laughs> higher and maybe splits, but we'll get to that. So for today, if you think about it, you would think that, you know, right here is the old pivot, 453-ish. That's kind of where the spies are now. It's a little bit below. If they want to make it easy, um, you, I think we hold 453 today, which would be pretty much half of yesterday's candle, the top third to show strength. If it breaks below 453, it could still probably hold this 451.38. But by that point, if you're too heavy from yesterday, you're probably a little worried about whether or not, you know, that 455 is it. But sometimes they try and make you feel really bad about yourself before a major event like NVIDIA where they have to have you stick to your guns versus trade around things. So I would think if the active bulls are right there, 453 holds, if we start getting below 451 and we negate the size of yesterday's candle on this continuation pattern, then I would get a little bit more cautious. Um, okay. And then as far as some setups for today outside of the sectors, because, again, we've had a big move, so you can't be in tier two or three. You have to be in you know, pretty small and just trailers. Um, if you remember last week, we, you know, just, just we talked about, and we're in, remember Palatier? You know, we were talking about how awesome that pattern looked, about how a pro earnings gap could nice start a new life for a trade. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, Mitch, you love this Palatier trade. And look at it now. A week later, you know, you had a, a move, a bull flag, continuation. Now I'm smaller. Now it's got to digest. I also showed you Square, and you told me, you're like, oh, did you see the inside about $24 million worth of stock? Yeah. I was like, oh, that's yeah. good to know. It gives me a little bit more conviction. And P.S., that also had a pro earnings gap. And then you could have mm -hmm. sold some, bought some back, and all of a sudden hit a little bit below the 200 EMA. So I'm smaller there, too. And then something I haven't been in in a while because I've been a little upset. I'm not going to get into it because people get emotional politics. Today I'm looking at Tesla. I haven't really – been that active in Tesla just because mentally I've had a little problem with the situation, yeah. which I'm right. sure you guys know, uh, Mr. Elon. Anyway, if you look here, it's pretty tight, right? You see a nice little yeah. wedge there? Joel, it you know those tight. wedges. It's pretty tight. I, I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's not the wedge that's going to give you a wedgie. Remember when Mark Cain said that to me on CNBC? <laughs> yeah. like, oh, this wedge going to give you a Triple wedgie. wedgie, man. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's some but, news out. There's some news out there, like this is for cash flow, that maybe they got a license to, for India that there might be a factory in two years. So that always gets some people mm -hmm. a little excited. And then they raise prices in China. So if Tesla today were to get above 237-ish and stay above it, it opens the door for 246. So this is something I'm not in, which might be a new trade for cash flow, just to show you how I approach some tactical situations, even if I'm not really happy with some of the banter out there. Scott, how do you approach, you know, the overall market here when you get a report like NVIDIA coming in here tonight that's going to be market moving? Because, you know, maybe you're not even trading NVIDIA, but it's going to move the entire market here. Do you, like, get yourself all hedged up ahead of it? Do you make bets? Like, how do you approach NVIDIA tonight, not just from a stock perspective, but from an overall market perspective? I've never heard of NVIDIA. <laughs> no, what is that? Yeah. You gotta be careful. Thank goodness we've had such a big move into NVIDIA where yeah. you know you have some money booked in the bank. So that's why we use a tier system. So if you happen to have some swing longs that you like and you're in smaller, if for some reason NVIDIA doesn't work and it's down 40 points, chances are everything's gonna be down. So maybe that's when you could buy back some of your existing swing longs if um if the whole market's not gonna fall apart which I don't think it will, but, it, you know, again, this isn't a very emotional market and yeah. it's uh, elevator up, elevator down, and everyone, yeah. all eyes are on NVIDIA. So um, it's, it's you know, it's tricky, but thank goodness we already had the move in the market. So now if all of a sudden NVIDIA is great and it opens at 540 tomorrow and you have a little bit left over, you know what? 
um, you'll make some more money. So that's why also I'm hedged higher. So, you know, I sold the 455s and 457s on the spies for Friday. So right now the spies are at 453, just real quickly. You know, mm -hmm. so this, if this if NVIDIA is really good, um, you know, then I, at 457, I don't mind being short the spies. That means my longs worked. Um, if it, NVIDIA underwhelms and it's lower, then I'll be able to collect all that premium on my spies and I'm short the 455s and 457s, keep that, and then see if I could buy dips and trade around and get some market discovery. Um, but sorry. No, no, no. I'd love to hear action like that, especially for traders that don't know too much on positioning trading. Um, I, I love the way you go about it, Scott. Um, this is all things that you guys can be learning from Scott. He even has, of course, the virtual trading floor. And you guys can get your two-day pass right now. Um, it, it's going to be really interesting, especially tonight when this comes through. The markets could be completely different tomorrow, right, Scott? I mean, yeah, yeah. 100%. It, 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 it's going to all depend on this NVIDIA earnings report. And of course, you guys can actually catch the highlight by Scott today, right? I mean, you got your yeah, yeah. two-day event. I'm throwing up the link here. You guys also see the QR in the bottom right corner. What else will they learn at that two-day pass, Scott, so that everybody here can make it over? Well, it's just how I approach the day. It's it's not a get-rich-quick scheme. I'm here. I've already been in this office. It's 8.52, right? So I've been here since uh, 6 o'clock. I already did the 6.30 club. I've already posted 35 different charts to the alpha team where they could see every different sector, my language around it, the levels, the preparation it takes to, to let it sink in so you can execute with confidence and hopefully things move around in a conducive way to make money and they see it get executed and see it can be done. Um, as far as like NVIDIA is concerned, like the only thing you could do is prep right now. Like if you look back at the chart in NVIDIA, yesterday's high is 505.48. So we don't know what's going to happen today with NVIDIA. I looked before, I can't see it right now, it was down two bucks. You know, yeah. I'm long a little NVIDIA and also during this little pullback, I bought um, the 505s, which I figured, hey, if I'm going to miss something, you know, post earnings and it's going to have a really big move and go to 530, 540, I bought the 505s into this little pullback. By the way, yesterday, I actually trimmed a little bit because I'm like, you know what? I bought them for 13 14 They were at 19 Let me take a little bit off. So if I today in my mind, I'm like, if NVIDIA goes through 505 and goes to 510, what I'll probably do is I'll take those 505 off, book it, and then go for like a lotto spread by like the 525s, by 545. So you know, if it gets to 540, you're risking $5 to make 15. So my risk is defined. And if it, if it misses, I, I'll lose whatever. If I, you know, if I buy 10 calls and, and, the, and the net cost is five, I lose five grand. If I'm right, I make 15, but I'm defining the risk. And then also trading after hours, if all of a sudden it gets above 505, you know, the sky's the limit. So, and if it misses, then you have to have levels of support underneath. So in my mind, I always put like some kind of if then type of situation. And then I wait for the market to trade and I figure it out. If all of a sudden when the video opens down two bucks and it goes down $7 today, which it might, I'll, I'll, I'll be out of this, the, the shares that I'm in right now because I wouldn't take them anyway. I was just trying to see if we get a little bit more. And I'll probably just stay with the 505s, maybe turn that into a call spread, risk a little less just to stay involved and then approach it after the print post-market. And then also, you know, see where we are at three o'clock on my other position to see what will affect something else. Cause you know, obviously NVIDIA is going to affect AMD. If you look at AMD, AMD yeah. is pretty tight. It had a big move that, you know, a lot of things could tell you how things react on earnings. Remember AMD was down like a dollar post earnings. They got it a little bit lower. And at that point we were at that spot in the market. I'm like, if AMD goes green today and, and mm -hmm. lowers that yeah. off, chances are the semis are going to have a big move. And that was right here. That was a lot to know that day. And P.S. That was a great day. Some people, oh, but they, you know, they've got it lower. Who cares? This is a reaction to whatever um, the situation is, not the situation. And then we wind up trending all the way to this 122-ish. So after hours, if if Nvidia takes out 505 and goes to 515 or 520, chances are AMD is going to take out 122 and see 125. So again, you know, in my head, I'm thinking if, if it underwhelms and Nvidia is down 50 or 40. Chances are AMD will be at least 115 or could be down to, you know, 111. So you want to 
Mark down all scenario these analysis. Scenario analysis. You got in in the backs okay. I can remember you had some back surgery a while back. You're back to running and swimming and doing those Ironmans and everything. You look great, Scott. Uh, everyone, check out the links in the chat. Uh, Scott Red Dog Redler, the real guy. You can tell by that uh, presentation. Real Scott Redler. Yeah, CS, CSO of T3 Live and T3 Trading Group. Great talking to you again, Scott. We'll dial you up again real soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. I wish you guys the best. Happy holidays to you and your family. Thanks, Scott. Have a great one, Scott. Appreciate it. I might have to, to go tune in tonight. I'm, I have to see that uh, outlook, especially on NVIDIA tonight. I got my two-day pass. The question is, chat, do you have yours? Don't miss it later today. All right, let's get back to the markets. How are we looking, Joel? Leaking. It's just been a steady yeah. leak. Yeah. Yep. Uh, started out at the end of the last set. You know, it, it sold off a little bit at the end of the day yesterday and just kind of, you know, a little uh, taking some chips off the table. It's really been no rip-your-face-off rallies yet. Uh, we're coming in a little bit of limited support, but just keep just remember this uh, this one number on the downside, folks, 4540, because that's what the two lows are, the two highs that we made last week. And that's where we broke out from strongly yesterday. So, you know, old resistance can be new support. So that's what I'm looking at early on in the downside. Can they get it down to 4540? Expected move for NVIDIA tonight is 38 points. So that's your expected move, adding up the calls and the puts. It's something to keep in mind. It's going to drive the entire market is the only thing that matters. At this point in time, it's place your bets on NVIDIA. This whole day is place your bets on NVIDIA because it won't even just move the tech sector. It'll move the entire market. So keep that in mind. There's maybe no bigger report this entire earnings season than the one we are going to get tonight after 4 o'clock. So either it keeps the rally going or it yeah. ruins the rally, right? That's what yeah. we're kind of feeling Pretty like. Pretty much. Yeah. All right. Pretty That's going to be what's driving the boat, of course. Be careful out there, team. During the intraday, there could be some chop, right? I mean, it, I it's so. been like that. And, I mean, the Bulls definitely have control. No one can question that. Now the only question is, will NVIDIA ruin that, that grip, right? Uh, Joel, what do you see on the ES? What are some final? Yeah, I just like I told you, you, you know, on the downside, old resistance, new support. We'll see what happens at 4540. Uh, beneath that, uh, we have a little bit more on the downside here. But uh, yesterday's low was another 20 handles below that. Um, if they try and pop this, I mean, I think the high for the day is it. I mean, I just, you know, we're 20 points off that pre-market high of 45.67. So you're going to have to, if you want to sell into any kind of strength here, you're going to have to pick an intermediate level, probably somewhere in the 45.50 handle. And then uh, for tomorrow, uh, we haven't talked to Tracy Raniak in a while from Zach's Research. We'll get to her uh, fundamental okay. outlook on Q3 earnings season and uh, what to expect in a Q4 and uh, a an, uh, Michigan grad. I should have had all Michigan grads on this week because of, of the game on Saturday. All right. Uh, I'm going to go to one last one here from Dennis. Joel, if you want to hop, it's okay. Just because the chat yeah. was asking about it. Um, I know that Dennis wanted to cover it, the Broadcom and VMware. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. just give your limited comments here for me, Dennis. Um, if you want to stick around, Joel, you can they, definitely stick They are there. trying to close this merger. We know AVGO has been buying VMware here. They are trying to close this merger, I believe, tomorrow. So they're going to try to close this deal. Um, so VMware will go off the board. Um, they are hitting AVGO pretty hard on this. I think AVGO was, you know, maybe in a bit of an overpay and they were hoping that maybe for some reason that this deal wouldn't go through. It does appear that it is going to go through. So AVGO is down 32 points in the pre-market. Um, AVGO is going to move off NVIDIA as well. So I would say normally a dip probably gets bought, but there's positioning ahead of NVIDIA. So there's a lot of balls to juggle here. I do think this is more of a dip to buy than a dip to sell though on Broadcom. Uh, I don't wow. even think you're weird. Uh, look at uh, 973. If you're looking for potential resistance, that was uh, yesterday's low. And then if you're looking to buy the dip on this one, you do have a good level at the 951 area. That's your two and three day low. Who will be our guest tomorrow? Joel, of course, Tracy uh, Wyneck from, of course, Zach's Investment Research. If you guys yep. don't check out Zach's, I mean, that was the first kind of investment research that I went to. I don't know about you guys out there, but I always take a look at them. We'll see what's on the number one list. Of course, they have a little ranking list that's definitely interesting to catch because sometimes you can catch 
names that you never would have thought about before. So catch that tomorrow on Pre-Market Prep. Joel Alconan at Spoos, Dennis Dick, Triple D Trader. Give my guys a follow. If you're not following them on Twitter already, you're missing out. Have a good one, Joel. Take care. All right, Dennis is out of here. I'll get you guys over to live trading. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere, team. We got a great show for you guys. And like always, don't forget, this is for informational purposes only, not to be used as investment advice and opinions. Do not represent those of Benzinga. Hosts and guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed today. Thank you, T3 Red Dog, giving us the outlook. And don't miss that two-day deal past that i'm telling you guys they don't give it too often so check that out i threw up the link and it's right there in the chat now to bring you guys over to live trading like always smash the like we'll keep going right here only on benzinga